Welcome to the Airport Experience News Podcast. I'm Ramon Lowe, the publisher of AXN and the host of this pod. Happy holidays, happy new year, depending on when you are listening to this episode. Just want to let you know that the event of 2020 is fast approaching. I'm talking about the Airport Experience Conference, which takes place March 1st to the 4th at the Gaylord Rockies Convention Center in Denver. Register, reserve your booth, choose from our list of sponsorships, even get a look at the great agenda. Do this all at conference.airportxnews.com. If you do business in this industry, or if you want to do business in this industry, then this conference is a must attend. It is a can't miss. So make sure you register. Again, it's conference.airportxnews.com. Well, this is episode 84, and the guest is me. And I really haven't done this before, uh, other than to answer a few listener questions at the end of uh, some older episodes. But really, for this entire episode, I am it. (laughs) I uh, solicited listeners for questions, and I received a ton, or, you know, a good number. And I figure it's the holidays, or at least the holidays when I'm recording this. Why not have some fun, light topics and questions to answer, kind of as a thanks to all of you who have been loyally listening and subscribing, uh, gosh, for well over a year now. So depending on how this goes, we might do this on a semi-regular basis, but um, anyway, here we go. Anyway, I will probably withhold the names of some of the folks who asked questions just because they asked, and if I mentioned their names, and obviously they didn't ask. So anyway, here we go again. Where were you born? I was born in Davao City in the Philippines. How did you find your way to AXN? I actually took a pretty long and lengthy route. I wanted to get into to basically work for a an ad agency. And I went to school for art, specifically graphic design. When I graduated, unfortunately, the industry, at least down here, the agencies had switched to hiring a lot of freelancers. And at that time, just getting started my career, um, I wasn't, there were people who were far talented than I, who were more connected, who had a ton more experience. And I figured, you know, it's going to be hard to really eke a living, you know, um, in that space with as little experience as I had. I'd worked for a small publisher at the time, but really nothing major. So I figured, let me just find a really good job, gain some more experience, build a resume a little bit. And I took a graphic design slash marketing assistant position with a commercial real estate company. And I was there for six plus years and worked my way up to director of marketing for a nearly 3 million square foot office, industrial and retail portfolio here in South Florida. And unfortunately, that company was going to be acquired by a competitor. And when there are acquisitions such as those, they uh, immediately eliminate redundancies. And unfortunately, my department was one of those that was eliminated. Don't worry about it. Uh, obviously, I landed here, so things worked out. I decided at that point I wanted to get back into design or some kind of design. Always wanted to work for a magazine. And I saw this ad for, I believe it was, this is how long ago it was. It was a, a classified ad, I believe, in the Palm Beach Post that I saw this in, yes, a newspaper. And I, it, it said International Mag- Airport Magazine or something like that. And I said, let me just give it a shot. Check it out. Met with Pauline Armbrust, the founder uh, and owner uh, uh, of the magazine. And we hit it off. I started there as a production assistant. And now, 15 years later, all of you, you, uh, you have me. So that's pretty much my way to AXM. Next, uh, f- what is your favorite podcast? I'm going to ref- I'm going to skip the point that this might be favorite podcast episode cuz that's like asking a parent who of your many kids is your favorite uh all the episodes are my favorites. Uh my favorite podcast 
is probably Recode Decode with Kara Swisher. She's someone I, I, I truly enjoy listening to and really want to model whatever it is that we're building here after. And if you're not familiar with Kara Swisher, she is uh, pretty much a freelance tech writer for and, and a podcaster. And um, she, I, I first discovered her when she used to co-host, I think, All Things D with Walt Mossberg, legendary journalist for Wall Street Journal uh, covering tech. And I discovered them when they interviewed both Bill Gates and Steve Jobs. And I thought that was phenomenal. And then obviously they were known for being the last folks to interview Steve Jobs before he passed away. Regardless, the, uh, the Recode Decode podcast, great podcast if you want to listen to. I'm sure there are many. I'm not going to say I listen to all. I do subscribe to six, about 16, <laughs> sadly, but I do make time to listen to as many as I can. And um, it's a great podcast. It covers... She covers so many different industries, if it's education, agriculture, politics, which is always good, health, uh, et cetera. And she kind of focuses on basically tech, which is the common thread amongst all of them. So really great. I always feel like the topics are really above me, <laughs> but she just has a way of keeping it interesting or at least keeping me interested. So definitely would love to check that out. So that's one of my favorite podcasts. The other is ID10T with Chris Hardwick. It used to be called Nerdist. Um, I am a big nerd in terms of comic books and things like that, uh, self-professed. And Chris Hardwick, if you are not aware, he is, I guess, the titled um, king of all nerds. And he hosts a a podcast that uh, he has a lot of actors, actresses, comedians, musicians, writers, etc. And it's, it's great. He's a, another one whose uh, podcast I try to pattern mine after. I like to, I love the very relaxed and familial type of um, setting that he has with his guests. So if I, I know ask for one, but those are my two favorite podcasts. And I, I listen to others, a lot of local sports, but we'll get into it later. Uh, inspiration for the podcast. Um, as a content company, as many companies in any industry, you have to continually evolve and iterate. And, uh, you know, our main platform or main two platforms, really the magazine and the conference and the podcast, it's something obviously I'd been interested in for a long time or been a fan of, wanted to really get one off the ground. And I said, you know what? Screw it. I will do it. Just, just you know, get a Podbean account, work with some of the folks internally here to see how to make it happen and go for it. And to me, it's just another way to get the content out there, another way for people to connect with this industry. So again, it's, I always describe who we are, AXN, in terms of, I guess, our relationship to the industry. We're kind of like that bridge that brings folks together, whether it's in the magazine, the conference, the podcast, etc. going forward. So that was kind of the inspiration for it. And for me personally, coming into this industry many, many years ago, you know, you look at the folks, the titans in this industry, and you look at who they are, and they run airports that are essentially many cities. You, they, they run companies that are so creative and dynamic. And when you meet these folks, or at least from afar, from my standpoint, you think, wow, you're just odd, and there's this myth about them. And really, they're not heard from unless you are basically reading their interview on a page, or if you hear them speak at a conference, or if you just happen to speak to them at a show. But this is just a way to kind of pull the curtain back and say, wow, person X is just like you or me. They are into these types of uh, sports or foods and they love movies and things like that. And it really draws, uh, again, 
kind of just pulls the curtain back and says, okay, these are great people running unbelievable companies and airports and giving them a platform to talk about whatever it is that we will be talking about. Also, my belief, and and I'm I'm still very much a believer in print, I I enjoy writing, um, and I really respect the work that Carol, Andy, Schaefer, and all of our writers do, but for me, this is just another way to hear a topic directly from the source, and it's not me interpreting or writing or you having to interpret what it is that they are saying. This is coming directly from the person. I, if I interview, um, you know, Christine Casotis or Brian Francis or Mark Gale, whatever it is I'm talking, talking about, it's coming directly from them. So just my inspiration for the podcast, many things, just another way to provide content and really connect folks in this industry. Also, selfishly, I love talking to people. I do. Um, you guys might think that I get up there on the stage and joke around pretty gregarious and that's, and a lot of that's true, but at heart, I'm a pretty introverted person. Um, but pretty comfortable in this medium, at least getting to know people. So selfishly getting to talk to people, getting to learn more about people and how they, and what makes them tick really. Oh, I get this a lot. Any embarrassing moments when doing the podcast? Yes. A couple. One, the easiest is I think when I first started I uh, don't like the sound of my own voice, which is odd because I just said I like doing this. Um, I do listen to the podcast, but only if it's uh, to write stuff about it. I, I rarely, <laughs> I do listen to it often. But um, I guess one of the things I, I tend to do is put on, at least early on, like I would say a radio voice and try to make deepen it and say, hi, this is Ramon Lowe, the Airport Experience News Podcast. And it felt very forced and not very at all um, genuine, I guess. Uh, the second thing is early on at the off at our offices, I record really in three places. It's either there used to be a little what we call the library, a little uh, workspace, private workspace uh, at the office. Um, there is my wife's office at our home. And then also we have basically what is a closet where we have our servers and routers and things like that. And it's the only one that basically provides me with a lot of silence. I do a lot of recording there. But uh, in the beginning, I would record in in our library, and it was right below the second floor's uh, restroom. So I would be interviewing someone, and there would be a flush, and you can hear the water draining down the walls. And I would cover the microphone, trying to hope it didn't pick up. And I just was always self-conscious also about uh, the walls are thin, other people hearing me speak. And I would I would tend to whisper and talk really low, and it sounded like I was I had something to hide. I don't know, but the, really the most embarrassing moment, and I listen to a lot of podcasters say this, most embarrassing moment has to be I neglected to rec- press record on an interview, and I have I use Zoom and I have it on my laptop as I'm watching it record normally, and there's the circle, which is the universal symbol I guess for record, and squares universal symbol for stop, and we begin the recording. And I'm answer, asking questions, the sub, the guest is answering them, and I look and the little red circle is not blinking. Normally it is if it's recording. I go to a sub-menu and normally if it is recording, it says there's an option for like either pause this recording or stop this recording. And it still said begin recording or something like that. And I freaked out and I literally had to stop the guest mid-answer and say, could you, I, I, I forgot 
to hit record, can we start over? And it was pretty embarrassing. I was already nervous at that point anyway. And when we started over and I reintroduced the person, I just said, hey, thanks for joining me. And they're like, chuckle. And they said, oh, no problem. So that was probably the most embarrassing. Next question is from a good friend, Tay Kim. What is your best guesstimate on how many times you've been mistaken for WeFam? And what are your thoughts on this phenomenon? Uh, for those of you who don't know WeFam, obviously he is, uh, he's based in Denver. He's worked, he worked for Arius now, he's a partner uh, with Taste on the Fly, one of my oldest friends in this industry, and I could see how we're mistaken for one another. I don't know how many times we have been. I try not to count anymore. That's probably how, how many times it is. Uh, here's how you can tell us apart. I'm taller, and he's better looking, smarter, and well off, more well off than me. So that's how you can kind of take, tell us apart. I don't know how many times we've been mistaken for. I will say that the first time I, I noticed it, and I'm sure it had been going on for a while, the first time I actually experienced it, I was on a tour of an airport, and they were walking us around. I was walking with this lady who I did not know, and we struck up a pretty good conversation. And at some point, she mentioned, this is great. Uh, remember when we were in Houston doing uh, for, the, for an outreach? And I'm like thinking, I was not in Houston for, <laughs> for an outreach or something like that. And I just kept playing on and on. And then... Uh, you know, I'd spoken to Wee and he said, yeah, people mistake me for you. And and then I spoke to Liz Jakowiak of MSP and she says, oh my gosh, this person com- totally confused Wee for Ramon and Ramon for Wee. I was there to witness it. And yeah, I don't know if, I, I don't know if I want to call it a phenomenon. I, I would like for it to kind of just like go away, I guess. So uh, another good friend, Chris Hartman of At Your Gate. What is the most adventurous food you would eat while sitting at a gate? Sure, burgers and fries are easy, but what about fish tacos or sushi? I guess Chris of At Your Gate, obviously they have a delivery service. Great, uh, great concept. Well, sushi is pretty easy. Hmm. I don't know about fish tacos. I, I don't really, I, I like to eat. Unfortunately, sorry, Chris, I like to eat at the restaurant or if it's, it's going to be, ten, it's, it will tend to be something simple if I am eating at the gate a sandwich of some kind, and I'm pretty nervous with a suit and stuff, so I'll prop it on a bag, my bag or something, and make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm really protected. Um, so I'm not really that adventurous in terms of that. It's pretty basic. I, I will be adventurous if I'm sitting down formally uh, at a restaurant. Uh, his next question, really quick, self-park or rideshare? It depends on the situation. If I'm with my family, I would say most of the time, and we are going on vacation, and we're gone for long periods of time, definitely ride share. Uh, yeah, just, it's just easier for us. If I'm traveling for business to different situations, I will self park. If it's just basically for a couple days, I'd like to just make sure I get home and, and take off. Or I, if it's much longer, like when I was at the airport experience conference last year, I can say last year now in, um, in Vegas, I just, uh, t- took an Uber, just, just easier. Yeah. What's the impulse buy item that you always pick up at the airport that you'd never buy in the street? Um, a lot of the stuff I buy at the airport is pretty much neat. I did buy, I believe it was, uh, this was a, uh, a gift for a friend. It was a gumbo mix in New Orleans when we were in New Orleans, when the conference was in New Orleans. That was a great impulse gift. Um, I remember being in Nashville and I think it was Tennessee Whiskey Company or something like that at Nashville. I, um, great, or you could buy moonshine, all sorts, and I'm kicking myself because I wish, not that I drink, 
moonshine, but I would have liked to have bought a bottle to take back as uh, as a souvenir because they make such great decorative pieces. So I guess not really much of an impulse uh, situation there. Sorry. Sarah Emberman of S. Levy Foods. <laughs> she has a series here. This is, wow. In your next life, you'll be uh, either a musician, probably next gentleman, or a novelist. Really would like to lean to uh, uh, being a novelist. What are you most proud of? Easy, my kids. Biggest celebrity crush? Always had a fondness for Natalie Portman. I think she's extremely talented, beautiful, and uh, super smart. Something you know now that you wish you knew 10 years ago? Uh, very, very simple. Uh, I would say surround yourself with quality people that you can trust who have your best interest at heart, who um, support you through thick and thin, um, and basically will just you know be there for you no matter what. And I kind of equate it to, I guess if you've seen Good Will Hunting and uh, Robin Williams is kind of describing uh, Will Hunting's friends as you know people who would just lay down in the middle of a road or they take a bat to your head, basically. Um, it was that kind of devotion. And just, just really surrounding yourself with really quality people who would support you, people who would inspire you, and people you can trust, big thing, and people who want to see you succeed, people who want to cheerlead you, and people you can really look up to and uh, be motivi- motivated by. Long, long, long answer there. Sorry about that. Best advice anyone has ever given you, uh, I guess I'll split that in two. My dad has many, but... He had a thing about his was when in doubt, don't. And f- with regards to in the industry, I had to point to Gary Krasner, our, uh, who I guess we can call him associate publisher was his title here. Uh, dear, dear friend who unfortunately is no longer with us. Um, when describing this industry before I made it to my first airport experience news or airport revenue news conference, he just said, you know, don't BS these people. He used more colorful language than that. He's like, don't BS the people in this industry. They are genuine. Be genuine back and they will sense it. So that's best advice I was ever given. Be genuine and they will, and people will be genuine back. Favorite restaurant in an airport. Uh, there I've eaten, I haven't been in many, all airports, but I've eaten at many airport restaurants and they're all great. Really can't think of any time that I've had a bad experience. Um, I would have to say the one that stands out... I would say Casavana in Fort Lauderdale is great. Every time I see Yasmi or David Flaherty, et cetera, we, we eat at the restaurant. We go there. We eat there. I love the good, great Cuban food. Also, Lee's Kitchen in Toronto Pearson. Phenomenal dim sum. Uh, Giovanna and Giovanna and Suzanne uh, Joey took me there, and it was great, great dim sum. But I would say the one that kind of stood out the most, and this is odd because I really, really love hamburgers and I was in George Bush, uh, Houston Airport, uh, met Chris James of Latrell's there, and Hubcap Grill had just opened, and he said they're going to try it out. So we went and had lunch there, and he's and I'm looking at the list of burgers and said, oh, I'm going to try that one. I think it was the cheesesteak burger, something like that. And he's like, let me make a recommendation. Try the sticky burger. And he described it to me, and I and it's going to be odd. He It's essentially a burger with two thick slices of bacon. Great. Um, cheese, and then a really thick layer of crunchy, chunky peanut butter. And it sounds odd now, or it might sound odd. It definitely sounded odd then. But uh, Chris assured me, just go with it. And I did. And I ended up eating the whole thing. Unfortunately, my son has a peanut allergy, so I can't exactly make it at home. But I would definitely have it again. And uh, that just stood out to me. So 
Hubcap Grill, Sticky Burger, if it's still in the menu. Favorite and least favorite part of what you do? Uh, the favorite part of what I do? The people in this industry. Uh, I would say 99.9999% of the folks are super cool, super nice, uh, and just great people. I've made a lot of lifelong friends here. Um, love the people here dearly. That's my favorite part. Least favorite part, unfortunately, uh, it's hard for me to travel, but getting to see these same great people every now and then. I talk to a lot of you, uh, and we we text, we chat fairly regularly, but uh, doesn't replace you know being able to sit down and have a meal or at least uh, chat over a drink with uh, some of these folks. Probably the least favorite part. One industry trend you wish would end. Hmm. Don't know about that. One industry trend that I wish would end. I don't know if there's an industry trend that, uh, trend that I wish would end. What's the next big trend in the industry? Uh, I believe there's going to be more automation. Not necessarily robotics. I think robotics and automation are kind of separate, even though they're tied They're tied together. And I'm going to be interviewing someone on the robotics uh, on robotics rather soon. And I, I think there's going to be more automation. And we, anyone who's listening or anyone in this industry knows that labor, the lack and the cost of it, and as well the cost to build and the operations, et cetera, it's just very difficult. And when you have some, an auto, automated experiences like a Brigo coffee house or a, uh, a Zoom systems, which is around for a while, Yokai Express, which is now opening a ramen unit in, in, um, in SFO, you have the farmer's table unit in, I believe, Chicago hair, you're going to see more of these out there. And it's just a great way to, obviously it's, they're mostly unmanned. Obviously they need to be maintained. They can fit basically anywhere. They can serve a lot of really underserved areas uh, of an airport and they can work nearly 24 seven. So, uh, I think that's continued to be a trend. I wrote a piece on virtual restaurants slash ghost kitchens and definitely check that out on, on our site. Uh, if you're not familiar, basically a, a ghost kitchen or a virtual restaurant is nothing more than a kitchen and it, they utilize delivery services to ferry the food to the customer. And so they don't really exist or have any kind of homestead other than to exist on an app. And I believe... Uh, that's going to be uh, it's going to be big in this in this space. Again, you're not you don't have a front of the house uh, dining area, so that cuts down on the cost. You don't you're not unfortunately going to have the labor. You're going to redistribute the labor to do something else. That's another thing. And really, it works with the real estate. We have we do have some challenging uh, you know layouts formats in our industry, and it's changing. But we still have some challenging layouts. There are spaces that are just not well populated or well trafficked and having a virtual restaurant and kitchen really it doesn't matter where you're situated or who how many people you're staffed with as long as you you're really just limited by the reach of that app as long as people know about it and uh, are willing to use it I think it's going to go there and I, I do believe that's going to be the next big thing we have the services already you have at your gate have Grab Mobile, Airport Sherpa, etc. Um, they're going to really make this I guess, phenomenon that's already happening on the street and it's going to prov- uh, make its way into the airports. The behavior is already there. The behavior just has to be carried over. Well, the behavior will be carried over and we just need to be set up as an industry to basically satisfy it. If I could change one thing about myself, what well, would it be? Easy, get in better shape, always. Greatest accomplishment? I don't know if I have a greatest accomplishment. I guess uh, lasting in this industry for so long, 
getting to meet some great people, learning a lot about this unbelievable industry. What are you most proud of? I think I said this earlier. Uh, I have to say my kids. What makes you laugh? Great comedy. Really, really love great comedy. Uh, stand-up comedians. I, I very much uh, adore and envy stand-up comedians. What makes you cry? Not going to lie. The show This Is Us, if you don't know it, check it out. It's on NBC. I'm sure it's coming back soon. It's such a well-written show and I'm, I'm envious. I wish I could have written something that well. Word or phrase you most overuse. I'm going to answer this applying it to the podcast. I tend to, see, say, I tend to say excellent and cool a lot. And I, I sound like a 13-year-old boy when I say it. So I thankfully, I get to edit it out as much as I can but sometimes it still makes its way in. So I tend to say, that's, that's all right, that's excellent. All right, cool. Not very professional. <laughs> Next uh, set of questions from Kristen Clonin. Did you miss your calling? I guess maybe I did. Maybe I should have been a talk show host. If there was a talent from any person in this industry that you could emulate and package it with another's, whose would it be and why? Hmm. Gosh, I can't answer that. That's, there's a lot of really, really talented people. Um, hmm. I might have to answer that. I have to give that some thought. I really have to give that some thought and come back to it. Not here, probably another on another episode. How did you come up with the idea to do the podcast? I answered that one. Just more content. I love talking to people. The ultimate what's in your purse question. What's in your wallet when you fly? I don't always carry cash. If I do, it's probably a couple bills. Uh, so I'd say plastic ID. Basic, nothing really major. Greatest feature, value add to be added to an airport in 2019. Hmm. There's a lot. I, 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 I lean a lot to the services. Again, I, I hate to keep saying it, but really the uh, delivery services, which like at your gate, they're in their infancy now, but I think they're going to continue to grow. And uh, you're going to see more of their usage, again, because the behavior is there on the street and the behavior can easily carry over to our space. Mythbuster time. Oh, wow, Kristen's very fun with this. Most common language spoken in airports besides English is Spanish, true or false? I will go with true. Water is the largest seller in airports, topping all other categories. I would still say true, even though we're eliminating a lot of single-use plastics um, or people are moving over to different types of waters or there's a lot of a lot more... Um, refilling stations so but i still think water sells a lot so i'm going to say true to that loyalty programs will succeed in airports i believe so true yes people are beholden to their marriott points and delta miles and things like that if if we're we purposely fly through certain airports with certain carriers because of it yeah smaller airports aren't being left behind in the age of the intelligent tech renaissance true or false um no i don't think i would say false i don't well are not being left. Uh, true. I don't think they are left behind. I, th I think, um, I, th I believe that if you have a user base that is clamoring for certain advancements, then large or small, it just happens to be large, but large or small, a smaller airports will have some way to cater to that, those folks. And if you are just an airport where people need to, need the, need the convenience of getting on through through security from the parking lot through security onto the, into their onto their gate on the plane no frills etc then that's what you have you're really just 
beholden to what your user base is, right? So I don't think they're really left behind. I, I don't think there's a reason to implement that those advances if there isn't anyone there to use it or wanting to use it. Next set of questions, Cameron James from uh, Lettrell's. What are your thoughts on the industry with this ongoing trend of the big guys buying out smaller competitors? Ooh, and in 10 years, will there be three companies or something change? Uh, not knowing intimately what the motivations are of folks who have sold their businesses like uh, like Milan Patel of OHM, Mr. Daniels with CMS, etc. cetera. Uh, I think it, it's... It, the, the blame shouldn't really be at the foot of the primes. Um, I think we have to look at the industry as a whole. And uh, doing business is getting more expensive, goods, labor, construction, etc. And then you take that that formula or those uh, issues and you put them into the airport and it just magnifies it. So I think it's just the natural cost of business, which I think is getting a lot of folks to rethink staying in this industry. And, you know, I believe there are many airports out there. I spoke with Don Hunter of Seattle, Tacoma, and Ken Buchanan of DFW. Many airports are doing things to really help prop up small businesses or at least level the playing field for small businesses. And, uh, you know, I I can't say if there aren't going to be, if there will be any more acquisitions out there. There probably will be. But I don't think, uh, as part of Cam's question, will there be three companies or else left in 10 years? I don't think there will be 10 companies left. I think the playing field would be different. Uh, I would like to think that there will still be many small businesses in this industry. I would like to think that there are, there will be uh, menu entrants into the space. Hopefully by then. Not going to be on a large scale, like W.E. Smith coming into this space, but I think it's going to be uh, smaller firms, I think, as they start to build their experience and their portfolios. So I think that's what... Uh, I think the players will look differently, but I don't think the playing field uh, in terms of the companies, a um, number of companies, is going to change. How do you see this industry in 10 years? Uh I think there are many more advancements. I know I mentioned automation is the trend, but I think overall the, the rise of uh, the emergence of 5G, since we're so much more connected with our devices and 5G just connecting everything, all the advancements in the airport space, I think that's going to be the next. That's going to be the next thing that's going to continue as we go on and become even even more tethered to our devices. Uh, but it, 5G plays a role in so many things besides. The consumer side, it will definitely play a role on the uh, operator side or the back house side. How do you see AXN in ten years? I hope number one, I'm still here, and number two, that AXN is still here. <laughs> I believe that we're going to continue to iterate. I believe the magazine is still going to continue to exist. Uh, conference will definitely exist. I believe that uh, hopefully this podcast will have grown in popularity. I, I believe that we are going to continue to provide many products that will continue to prop up, educate, inform, and advance this industry as much as we can. So stay tuned. Favorite family Christmas slash holiday tradition? Great question because we just passed Christmas. Uh, When my daughter was born, uh, my wife and I, and and she did this with her family, I've done it a couple times, but uh, for Christmas, or we pick a day before Christmas, we will drive and do a certain neighborhood and look at Christmas lights. We will play Christmas music. 
um, pop popcorn, have hot chocolate. I can't, I'm the one driving, so I don't necessarily drink hot chocolate, but I will eat popcorn. And uh, yeah, we weave our way through this neighborhood. It's about 45 minutes, just at a leisure pace. Many company, many other cars are there as well. Love doing it. Uh, continue, I've been continuing it now every year, do it with my son. And for those of you who don't know, we just adopted a dog in November. So it was my dog's or our dog's uh, first Christmas and she was part of our favorite tradition. Favorite new restaurant trend. Hmm. Uh, I, I'm going to look forward that I don't, in terms of food trends, I don't think you're going to see new cuisines specifically, um, specifically maybe Mongolian barbecue. That's for Paul Brown. I don't think they're going to be new cuisines or new categories and such. I think it's going to be healthier and I think we're always going to strive towards healthier. But I believe the favorite, the new res restaurant trend, again, it's going to be a lot of reducing the friction of the travel experience. And it's going to be the customer experience. A lot of self-ordering kiosks, uh, using more mobile, using delivery services like at your gate. You know, uh, those types of services really just to speed things up. You, I mean, it, there's always going to be a new burger, a new pizza joint, you know, fast casual Mexican concept, etc., making its way into our space. That's never going to change. But I believe that the the instruments by which we engage with uh, those concepts is going to change. Oh, man, I can't believe you asked this. Chick-fil-A, Popeye's, or Wendy's best spicy chicken sandwich? Sadly, I have only tried the Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. I I don't, I, and I haven't tried this, any of the spicy chicken sandwiches because I'm not a spicy food guy. So I, I might just check out the Popeye's one because there's so much uh, hype around it, but I'm not a spicy food person. Sorry. Cam, because Cam's also a sports enthusiast. All-time favorite sports moment, easy, the 2006 Miami Heat Championship, the first of three. We had a young Dwayne Wade. No one knew who he was going to be. We had a Shaq who was pretty much uh, teetering on, you know, the decline. We had a whole bunch of cast-off uh I guess players, James Posey, Antoine Walker, Gary Payton, Jason Williams, etc. And everything just gelled and they truly played like a team. And Dwayne Wade is the greatest of all time. Can James Harden and Russell Westbrook coexist and bring a championship to Houston? I think they can coexist in terms of playing together and Rockets win. I don't think Houston has the horses, which is odd to say because you have two great scorers here, but I don't think they have the horses to win a championship. Sorry, Cam. All right. Greg Plummer, good friend Greg Plummer. The Airport Experience News podcast has provided great insight to the aviation-specific commercial development space. What inspired you to start this podcast? Third time this has come up. Love talking to people. Another way to provide some uh, content. You have had the chance to learn a lot about the background on various development projects through your various talks. Has that had an impact on your travel experiences as a result of having this insight? Yes. And I, I listen, if you read... Um, our latest buzz column every month in the magazine or just talking to folks, uh, you'll know that there's a lot of construction, development, and renovation, expansion, et cetera, going on, and it's exciting. And when you actually get to see it in person, it's it's truly unbelievable. And for me, you know, I'm excited to see, you know, the, the new JFK, the new Newark, Guardia, et cetera, uh, at New Salt Lake City. It's it's really exciting to see because again we've gotten for the longest time uh, obviously a bad rap for our environments and now we are looking at the truly the airport experience and it's funny when people find out that I'm 
quote unquote, in the airport industry, they always ask, why do airports in the States stink? And I had to kind of almost like defend, defend it, you know, defend us, I guess. And that, you know, we're, we're, we're getting there. It's, you know, like turning a ship, but you're getting pockets of improvements everywhere and it's going to spread and continue. So yes, I look at things a lot differently now. Um, gosh, looking back at when DFW's Terminal D opened the first time, that was, and that's, gosh, over a decade now. When Tibet, uh, Tom Bradley International Terminal uh, at LAX first opened, that was unbelievable. Um, there are going to be many more experiences, much greater than those, and, and it's going to continue to build upon itself to where we will have an unbelievable environment and an unbelievable industry. What are your top three favorite airports to travel through and why? Fly, I fly Delta and Southwest a lot, so I do love going through Atlanta. I do. Um, I, 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 I just really love going through Atlanta. <laughs> I, I can't think of any. I mean, Detroit it was is a great airport as well. Um, and yeah, I really like Atlanta. For me, at least for my home base, it depends if I'm with my family because um, PBI is only like 15 minutes away or actually less than that, 10 minutes away. And I can literally be from drop off to my gate in less than 10 minutes. Definitely love PBI. Fort Lauderdale, I go through, um, obviously for the connections and, uh, and it, it's ease of use. Now it's getting easier, even though it's 45 minutes south of me, but the experience there and what Mark Gale and, and, and his team are doing to really elevate Fort Lauderdale is great. So I guess those are my favorite, favorite export airports. Uh, I imagine you had some reluctance in starting the podcast, and over time I've witnessed you get really good at interviewing different types of people. How many episodes did it take for you to get comfortable with the recording process? I don't think I'm ever comfortable. <laughs> not going to lie, there's still people that intimidate me, not not in a threatening way, but you 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 in, interview people and they are, again, when I was saying one of the motivations of starting this podcast, you have this like mythos of who a person is, and it's not until you get talking to them that all of a sudden, like, wow, they're just like you and me. Christina Casotas was one of those folks. I've ha I've spoken to her on the on the podcast twice. Spoken to her several times, many times. You know, at their various events. Here's this unbelievable person, extremely talented, doing great things at Pittsburgh International, etc. And she's just a person like you and me. We were just talking about whatever, you know, we were talking about uh, women in this industry and advancement and her come up and everything. And uh, it was great to just have that chat. And it, it became comfortable. I don't think I'm ever comfortable. I don't think anyone is ever going to be comfortable doing whatever it is. I think there's always going to be uh, an ounce of nervousness or apprehension. It's just how you deal with it, I think, is the key. But I've learned to just kind of like, really make my way to, to make it somewhat enjoyable, I guess. Both more for you, the listener, than for me, the interviewer, I guess. Having experience of speaking with various industry perspectives, what common theme have you realized? Do you think any common themes realized will have a positive impact on the industry and how? I'm going to go very, very high level. It used to be, be, I guess, we used to pay lip service when we talk about customer experience, customer experience. It's not lip service anymore. If you look at all the new additions and all the new innovations and all the new concepts and everything that we're doing now, it really is genuinely, we are putting our money where our mouth is and that's creating a true genuine experience uh, at these airports and it's exciting and I think that is uh, those are the perspectives that's those are the trends that are going to continue onward we really are taking the word experience to heart and that's why we changed our name to airport experience news because we this is uh, Carol Ward uh, coined this we 
you know, we, we focus on everything that impacts a traveler's journey from curb to gate. And that's just following in the footsteps of what the airports and operators are doing in our space. Any trends to anticipate in 2020 based on your various discussions with our industry? Said it earlier, uh, really, I don't think we'll ever eliminate friction for the traveler. I think we'll do many things or institute many things that will reduce traveler friction. And order head apps, delivery services, I'm still pushing for the ghost kitchen virtual restaurant uh, thing. I believe it's going to happen. I really do. Um, going forward, I don't think the trends are going to be where, again, on the food side, at least I don't think the trends are going to be um, categories of food. I think it's just going to be the experience and the service of the food. On the retail side, you know, newsstands are still going to do well. I think, uh, I hate to say it, not that I know anything, I, and I'm going to write a piece on this, but Amazon Go or some version of Amazon Go is going to come into the space and really, really upset the industry in some ways. It's already been talked about in some papers, but I do believe uh, there's a place for it. It's just a matter of whether they will play uh, well with our uh, tendering process. Thank you for everything you do to highlight our amazing industry. Well, thank you as well, my brother. And the last couple questions, uh, what does all this cons consolidation mean for small and micro businesses? I kind of touched on this earlier. Um, there are going to be many airports. I think it really is up to the airports to create opportunities first and foremost uh, for small businesses. And then it's obviously incumbent upon the businesses to really get involved and gain the experience and knowledge, of the, and et cetera, just like in the early days of the ACB program. And I don't think, again, I, I believe that small businesses will not go away. They might look a little differently. They might operate differently. Um, but I don't think they're going to go away. Yeah, that's that's how I build, that's what I'm sticking to. And the last one, how does the industry continue to drive innovation? It wasn't long ago that the airport was stuck with all our retail and food options. How do we become more innovative? Well, first of all, innovation isn't just about introducing tech. Innovation is just really the an iteration of something to better it smooth things out to make it shorter, faster, etc. And when you look at a lot of the airports and some of the operators too, and a lot of the airports like Rick Belliotti and his team in San Diego where they have an innovation lab, uh, URW, I still call them Westfield, URW, for the longest time has had an innovation kind of like lab as well on the prime operator side. They have a lot of creative folks. Uh, I don't think innovation is just, a, or tech or advances are just, I don't think it's slip service either. I think we're going to continue to incorporate more of those things into uh, the space. I think this industry can can truly drive innovation. I spoke at a conference in Phoenix earlier in November. It was called NACUS, the National Association of College Auxiliary Services. And I was very biased when I said this, and I said I confess it to be so. I, I said, you know, airports are like the New York of all these industries, right? If you can make it in an airport, you can pretty much make it anywhere. We have all these constraints legally, logistically, structurally, physically, etc. that if you can, again, <laughs> if you can succeed and thrive, then you can take those advancements, those learnings, and apply them elsewhere and say, wow, I can really make it. And uh, so really, I think the airport is just one huge R&D lab. That's how I feel. 
Anyway, that was the last of the questions. Um, if you have any more questions, uh, definitely send them on. I'm going to try to either answer them after at the conclusion of the various episodes or maybe just do one large podcast episode like this one and answer as many as I can. Uh, send them, just email them to me, Ramon at airportxnews.com. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you had a great holiday. I am very much looking forward to seeing all of you in Denver at the Airport Experience Conference, March 1st to the 4th. Please, please don't forget to register. Go to conference.airportxnews.com. It's going to be a great time. The venue is amazing. The airport has been amazing. We have a great agenda and we have so many exciting things coming up. I can't wait to share them with you. Also, um, loyal listeners of this podcast, I can't thank you all enough for listening and subscribing. It's been a great year plus. Uh, 2020 is going to be, I promise, even greater. I have uh, a, <laughs> a schedule of folks uh, who are queued up to in the gosh, the first quarter, and it's going to be fun and engaging. So once again, thank you very much for everything, and I will see you all soon.